Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> You guys, I try to do I try to do it a little differently each time to keep it fresh, to keep it exciting, to keep you guys on your toes. <laughs> All right, look at here's here's what we're talking about today. I don't know about this title, but I I can't I can't I can't resist the spiritual team. The spiritual team just drops this shit like word impressions into my head, and this is what I got to run with. So I'm like, don't blame me, <laughs> blame them. So here's today's title. Um, it's not about the pasta. <laughs> it's not about the pasta. And look at, you know, I am so painfully aware that I am not like a marketing genius whatsoever. I am sure there is some copywriter or some marketing person out there going, Jesus Christ, KK, you got to work on these show titles. You want to, you want people to know they're going to get value right out of the gate. Like you got to entice them with these things. But all I can tell you is that's, I'm just not a wicked strategic person that way. I just, I just listen to what's in my hat. I listen to the, to, to whatever the, um, divine guidances that I have received. And today they said, we're talking about, it's not about the pasta. <laughs> All right, let me tell you where this all originated from. So um, some of you may know, I think I've mentioned her before several times, but when I did my certification for my spiritual mentoring many years ago, my spiritual mentor at the time was uh, Reverend Stephanie Rudd. And now it, this story, it may have originated from her. That's why I'm bringing her up. I think it started with something that she said to me or told me one day. I could not swear on a Bible, like right hands of God, that this is exactly where it came from. But this is like my gut instinct where I think this story originated from. So, um, so I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to tell you a little story and then I'm going to break it down like how, how I used it with, with one of my clients. So I'm pretty sure she was telling me this story one time about this couple, right? So I love storytelling. I love allegories. I love metaphors. I love all the things that help us to learn stuff because people really remember stories. And this is why this story has stuck with me. And it's why the story has stayed with me, but who told me to it is a little fuzzy and blurry in the back of my head. And, um, you know, so you guys have heard me uh, talk about this before about like, um, you know, when people say um, choose, choose love over fear, right? So in A Course in Miracles, that's really where that phrase comes from. Like everybody and their brother started saying it, right? But they don't really know. A lot of, most people don't really know what they're talking about when they say that or like where it originated from. But the whole choose love over fear. And A Course in Miracles, it says, I think it's lesson 137. Maybe it's lesson 147. I know it's one of those. Um, there, there's a line that says, you have but two emotions, one you made and one was given you. And what they're saying basically is you have, there, there's two emotions, there's two teachers, right? There's, there's love 
which was given to you, right? It's God given. And then there's fear, which is one we made with the ego that we created. And so they're saying there's only like two emotions It's saying there's like, there's only two teachers There's ego, which is the voice for fear and Holy spirit, the inner teacher, which is the voice for love. And I'm bringing this up because so often when we talk about love, quote unquote, when people are like, oh, choose love over fear, what they're talking about is human love. And I always say human love is not what <laughs> they're talking about because human love is so painfully fickle. So, and I often leave joke, I often joke, there's a reason why I'm telling this whole backstory because I often joke and say, you know, one minute, like you can't get enough of the other person. Like one minute you're madly in love. You don't even want to get out of bed to eat food. Like you're just like madly like head over heels. And then like a little time later, it's like the sound of them like chewing this cereal at the table in the morning makes you murderous. <laughs> so of course, miracles definitely not talking about human love when it says that there. Okay. But it gave me a chance to talk about the breakfast table. So I remember this story. Again, don't remember exactly who told me, but my money, my money is on Reverend Stephanie, right? She tells a story about this couple. So there's this couple and they're at the breakfast table in the, in the morning. And, you know, the guy, whatever, sitting there with the paper doing his thing. And the woman is like, you know, hustling around the kitchen, putting some OJ on the table, whatever, goes to pour the coffee. And either whatever happens, I don't know how it happens, but either she knocks over the thing or because she was moving too fast, whatever, the coffee gets spilled, the paper gets wet, the dude snaps, right? And it's like they start having this argument, right? And so this couple then goes to therapy <laughs> and they're sitting there and the therapist is like, how are you guys doing this week? Do you want to have some nonviolent communication, some conscious communication, talk it out, like do some work on the old relationship. And they both launch into their own versions of like what happened that morning. And then this one did this and then he spilled the coffee and then didn't help me clean up the coffee and back and forth about the coffee. And all of a sudden the, the therapist says, hey, guys, you know, it's not about the coffee, right? <laughs> and it wasn't. It's not about the coffee. And I'm going to take you into how this has morphed into it's not about the pasta. So, so often when I'm working with my spiritual mentoring clients, or if I'm talking with people um, in my spiritual membership, The Nest, these things come up, right? Like I talk to people for a living pretty much, like that's my gig, right? So as a spiritual mentor and as somebody who creates these programs where people are bringing the whole self, like I always say to people, your whole life is your spiritual life. It's not like sectioned off. It's not like when we were kids who like, you know, Catholic kids or Christian kids or Jewish kids or whatever, anybody who had like some sort of a program where you ended up going to church or temple or Shabbat or you did something or you did whatever, right? Where it was like, oh, we're going to be working good on these days. But the rest of the time we kind of slack off. But then, hey, we have confession to make up for it or whatever the thing is, right? I always say your whole life is your spiritual life. So you got to bring your whole self, your whole self into the equation. So there's no kind of like, you know, ease it out of it or whatever. So um, when I'm talking to people in the group, you know, the everyday life stuff comes up. 
when I'm talking to people on the calls or if I have a one-to-one session with the client, like, you know, we talk about deeply personal and intimate things. And so people will share with me like what's going on in their life or something happened at work or something happened in my relationship or one of my kids or this happened in the past or like whatever. And it gives us an opportunity to dive like way more deeply underneath the surface of the thing. So one time we were having a conversation in one of these group calls where people, you know, get to talk to me one-to-one and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, there's other people, there's other people involved, but you know, the cool thing about that is one person might ask a question or relate something or say, I'm stuck with this or I, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, But then everybody gets the benefit of the answer. And here's the thing I know about storytelling and doing that kind of group work. What's so powerful about it is that Um, you start to see how things that you think are deeply personal are also at the same time, incredibly universal. We all have our own version of something like that. Like, oh God, like somebody is saying like, oh, and then they did this or they said this and you can feel it in your own body. Like, shit, I know how that feels, right? So it's a powerful way to, um, you know, connect and learn and heal, et cetera, et cetera. So there's one time where we're on this call and a client started uh, talking about in the group, right? Starts talking about, um, you know, something like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna change maybe a little bit of the details, but it's kind of like came home from work, that hungry, you know, it's like one of those fucking days when you're like, oh, I just want to eat, I just want to relax, <laughs> and they came home, like go in the cupboard, open up the the, the you know the, the cabinet drawers or whatever, the pantry, whatever it was, and like there's not there's no pasta. Somebody had either not shopped for the pasta, ate all the pasta. All I know is that pasta was wanted and pasta was not available. And they're telling me, you know, and the groove is listening in like this story. And they're kind of like, you know, like going on. And I'm not saying like going on and on, like it was tedious, but they're going on and on. They're telling the story and I'm sitting there and I just kind of start laughing, not at them, but I'm chuckling. And I'm like, all right, let me tell you a story. (laughs) And so I retell the story about the coffee table, right? And then going to therapy and like the whole thing, spilling the coffee. And I say to this person, I'll I'll call her Susan. I I said, you know, it's not about the pasta, Susan. (laughs) And everybody just starts laughing because here's the thing. So often when we're unhappy or so often when we're suffering, we think it's about the thing that just like just happened or the thing that actually triggered us or the button that get pushed, but it's not, it's almost never about that. And as we dove more deeply into the conversation, we realized like, you know, call it what I hate, I hate, what's the word? I don't know if the word is metaphors or al- like uh, analogies where it's always like, animals getting hurt. Like, you know, like there's more than one way to skin a cat. Like I hate these things. And I'm like, you know, two birds that kill a bird, with whatever, what, you know, all the different things that they say. And I'm not a fan of the straw that broke the camel's back either. Cause I don't want to think about camels having their backs broken. But however, this was my point. I was saying to this person in the group, you guys, it's not about the pasta in this story, just like it wasn't about the coffee. It's about the, like, it's sometimes life can feel like, as my sweetie often says, like death by a thousand tiny paper cuts. It was kind of like the pasta not being in the cabin. It was like the last fucking straw. It was like, okay, that's it. 
And at the end of the day, it wasn't about the pasta. It was about all the other hurt or frustration or the needs that weren't being met or feeling like they didn't matter or being unheard or like whatever the thing was that day, right? And I'm just kind of using, um, um, you know, not vague, but like, you know, whatever. I'm not using stuff that was exactly from that person's life because my client's privacy is like incredibly sacred to me. But you get the gist of what I'm saying. So often, and this is why, like when my sweetie and I um, first got together, um, you know, I said to him, you know, I need you to like really know yourself. Like, I need you to understand, like, how you feel, what you feel, what you think. Like, I need to be with somebody who knows how to communicate, who knows how to go within and, and own their shit and also own their brilliance, right? Like, I want somebody who can talk to me. I mean, I think I cannot tell you, it's, all, it's such a cliche nowadays. Uh, maybe it's always been, but it's such a cliche how women say like, oh, my husband never talks to me or my sweetie or whoever you're dating or whatever, they don't share their feelings. Um, you know, the silent type, whatever the, whatever the thing is. And I'm just not designed that way. Like I'm really curious about the internal world of people I love. I, I wanna know what people around me that I love are thinking and feeling. I, I'm a verbal processor. I also process through writing and stuff too, of course. But my main immediate thing in relationships is, you know, I'm not gonna sit down and write a letter back and forth. Like I just want people who know how to use their words. And so one of the things I was, again, saying to him is, you know, um, I need you to be able to tell me when something is going on with you, or if I'm fucking aggravating you, or if I have a habit that drives you crazy or like whatever, you need to tell me. I was like, I don't want to be having, like, I don't want to end up having an argument with you or a disagreement with you because he and I don't really fight. It's just not our way. People I'm not saying if people, if your style of communication is a little more heated, but like I grew up in a fucking war zone. So, um, and I, I had enough drama in my relationships with, with people I was dating all throughout my life. So in my marriage, right? Like I wasn't always sure I was going to get married, but when I decided that we were going to do it, not to the story for another day, um, I was like, okay, if this is a person I'm going to be with, we're not going to name call. We're not going to come for each other. We're not going to attack each other. Like if I'm marrying you, it's because I respect you and you're my best friend. And so I'm going to treat you as such and I'm going to talk to you as such. And in 14 years, um, you know, we've only had two really big arguments in the beginning of our relationship where uh, things got loud and things got heated. And, you know, there was a, I swear all this, we, we both swear, but so it, but, and I was like, um, this, I don't want this, this isn't going to work. So we have to do it differently. doesn't mean we don't disagree. Um, but we talk to each other um, with respect and we listen. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't annoy each other sometimes, but here's my whole point is that I said to him, I don't want to be arguing with you about something three months from now, about something that happened three weeks ago or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm like, we got to deal with shit as it comes up. And that's why like every year on our anniversary, we jokingly say like, hey, do you want to renew the contract for another year? <laughs> do you want to, do you want to adjust any of the, uh, you know, what do you call those things? The clauses? Is there anything you want to change? Anything you want to add, delete, whatever? 
um, you know, we talk about it and it's because it's like, I, and I've said to him before, like, you know, if you, uh, we're just very open with each other. I said, look, if you ever come to a place where you think that you wouldn't want to be married anymore, or like you were in, you know, fell in love with somebody else, or you were attracted to somebody else or whatever, like you got to tell me because I would never want you to have to cheat on me. I would never want you to have to go through that experience and feel shitty about yourself. And I don't want to ever have to feel shitty about myself because I have had people who have cheated on me in the past. And I have had, uh, you know, I've made choices in my own past, again, show for another day where I can look back and say, yeah, that probably wasn't the best way to handle that. And so um, I've just always been like really open in conversations. There's a reason why I'm talking about all this as a precursor to the point about it's not about the pasta, which is if you don't know yourself, if you aren't able to take a deeper look at what the fuck is going on with you and the people around you and your relationship. And sometimes that's like at work with your kids, with your animals, with your household, with your finances, like whatever. So many people fight and they'll be like, yeah, we fight about money all the time. And I'd be like, it's not about the money. It's about whatever that missing piece is, which is I don't trust you to make good financial decisions, or you don't work hard enough to like, whatever the story is, right? I'm just making shit up off the top of my head, but it's almost sometimes never the thing that we lead with. It's usually some disagreement, disappointment, um, fear that's coming up, some anxiety thing that's happening. You feel out of control. You feel like whatever, like, look, sometimes it's going to be about the thing, right? Like if you're talking to somebody who um, is an alcoholic who has an addiction and that's starting to get in the way. But it's like, well, that's getting in the way of you showing up in the relationship. That's getting in the way of your own health. That's getting in the way of you not being able to go to work or pay your bills, right? Like there's a lot of layers to it. And I think one of the things that I'm finding so much in this world and with social media, because everything is so broad, right? There's so much information input we're kind of becoming a society and a culture that can't concentrate, that can't be one-pointed attention, that can't really focus. So we keep things kind of surfacy, right? We don't want to necessarily stop and dive more deeply into what's really underneath the surface. Because if we're about to slow down, you know, Tutu Mora, um, you can find her, you go, go IG. Instagram or you'll find a tutu more has a has a great line that says um, being busy all the time is a trauma response right because if you were to slow down you'd you're afraid to feel what you would feel if you actually slowed down so we're in a culture now where it's like boom 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 and we do a lot of things but we don't necessarily go deep enough into anything and I think with our human relationships especially the people that we have intimate relationships with. And I don't just mean physically, sexually intimate. I mean, emotionally intimate. The people that we share our homes with, the people that we share our bank accounts with, our beds with, the people that we live with, the friends or the people we collaborate with, right? We've got to be willing to really slow down and understand who you're working with. But first and foremost, you got to know yourself, so that you're not blaming other people for your lack of peace and for your lack of happiness. And you start screaming about like, oh, like you could fill in the blank in your own life. You can raise your hand if any one of these, right? Like, so I'll just come at it from a chick's perspective a little bit. 
um, well, uh, let me put it this way to um, maybe, well, actually it would apply if you're in a house with a dude, right? Anybody with a penis, let me put it that way. <laughs> it's like the easiest way to cover it. Cause you hear like, oh my God, they always leave the toilet seat up. And I'm like, it's not about the toilet seat. Like when people get pissed about that, I'm like, it's not necessarily about the toilet seat. The toilet seat is simply a symbol. It being up as a symbol. And what it symbolizes is some story or meaning that you have written about what that means, which is they're inconsiderate or they don't love me. They're not thinking about me that if I come in here in the middle of the night, my ass is going to go right in the water or whatever the thing is. Right. Um, or they don't put this cat back on the toothpaste. They leave their towels and their clothes and their shit. Like your kids come in the house after soccer, lacrosse, or, you know, ice skate, whatever their, their sport is, right? And they just like leave their shit everywhere, right? They don't clean their rooms, like whatever it's about. It's not about the dirty room. Like it is, I get it. You're trying to help build those muscles of responsibility. Like don't be a slob, clean your room. Nobody's going to want to live with you if you're a pig, like the whole thing. It stinks in here. I get it. I get it. But deep down underneath that, there's another thing that is motivating the, like it's usually a fear. And whether, and fear has many, 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 many faces. Remember, it's either love or fear and anything that's not love goes in the, under the fear category. So whether that's anxiety, stress, shame, blame, judgment, attack, scarcity, uh, jealousy, like fill in the blank, right? So it's really important that we're willing to sit down and take our own inventory. Like, you know, in, in 12 step programs, they talk about, you need to be able to take a mere, a fearless moral inventory. And I love that because it gives us an opportunity to get really clear about what's going on and what we're truly feeling. So then we can actually in effect and be effectively do something about it. But if you come to the table of a discussion or to the therapy session or to whatever, to the mediation, to the, to the, and you try to start talking about the thing that it's not really about, you know, so we got to be willing to say, Hey, it's not really about the pasta. <laughs> it's not about the pasta and it's not about the coffee. It's not about X, Y, and Z. What I'm really feeling here is this. And there's some really great communication tools that are available to people, right? Like one of the things I talk about uh, in the nest is like building a spiritual toolkit that we take these things and we put them into the toolkit to help our whole lives as we navigate again. Because remember, your whole life is your spiritual life. I always think it's so interesting when people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not really spiritual. I'm not into all that woo stuff or whatever. And I'm like, your whole life is your spiritual life. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. So you might not label yourself that or think of it that way, but that's exactly what's going on. So in every moment we are either choosing love or fear. In every moment we are either choosing Holy Spirit or the inner teacher, right? The voice of love for our teacher, or we are choosing the ego, the voice of, of fear as our teacher. And so often we don't like to go more deeply into things. We don't want to go underneath what it's really about because we're afraid of what we're going to find there. We're afraid of what we might feel and what we might say and what might be the consequence of admitting out loud, I'm not actually happy in this relationship. I actually don't like my job anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do you. <laughs> do you anymore, right? Like the whole thing. But we've got to be, be willing. It's part of this willingness. 
because relationships can actually grow and deepen and become stronger when we know that we can talk about hard and difficult things, but we can do it with honesty and compassion. Because I always say honesty without compassion is brutality. So if we're not willing to take a look at things and admit admit our own faults, admit our own flaws, admit our own character defects. I always say to my sweetie, like I jokingly laugh and I'll say, sweetie, what's the most annoying thing that I do? Like, what, what do I do that really annoys you? And he'll be like, no, not really. And I'll, be, I'll be like, literally after 14 years of being together, I'll be like, come on. I annoy myself. There's no way. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I can tell you a few things that you do that annoy me. <laughs> But I love him and he's my best friend. So, you know, I forgive him. We forgive each other. I always say to people, you know, as human beings, we are so gosh damn clumsy. You know, we don't mean it. Like why in the and if you're a Christian kid, I mean a Catholic kid and you know the Lord's prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, that whole thing. And at the end where it says, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So, you know, in St. Francis, St. Francis of Assisi. My, my guy, I love, I love St. Francis so much. It's painful. But St. Francis says it's in pardoning that we are pardoned. And this is it, right? We got to cut each other a little bit of slack. And so we also have to be awake and aware enough to recognize that the thing that we're bitching and moaning and complaining and upset about, it's not usually really about that. It's that we're feeling disconnected or separate or unseen or unheard or like we don't matter. And if that goes on long enough, there's going to be some tumultuous stuff. There's going to be some rioting. Like, you know, I, I, people, I'm amazed that people are like, I'm amazed that people are amazed about like when they see riots and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not amazed. Like, I'm not horrified in that way. I know exactly why that shit happens. You suppress a people, you suppress a person, you, you quiet a person, you treat them like shit, you murder them, you like, like you, you, what do you think's going to happen? I'm not surprised by it at all. When I grew up in Lawrence, again, story for another day, but growing up in Lawrence in 1984, we had a, we had some, a couple of like race riots. And I remember like going down, I mean, literally there were like Molotov cocktails being thrown. And I remember like going down to like see the riots, like to check out what was happening because I wanted to understand like what was going on and like literally watching these things be launched on Ames street, like, you know, and, and just being like, oh my God, you know, I was, uh, I think it was in the summer of 84. So I was probably going into my junior year. Um, and I just remember being like, well, this is what happens when people don't have the means or the ability um, or the, um, I don't know what the word, the systems or whatever to communicate their frustration. This is what happens. What, like, it's like, and I'm not talking about, um, I want to be very clear here. It's just like I'm making, I'm using a, um, an example, right? If you see a little kid who doesn't have verbal capacity yet, what do they do? They cry right? They cry when they want something. They, they wail. They let you know. They don't know how to express themselves yet. And that's incredibly frustrating. But if you know how to express yourself, but nobody will fucking listen, ugh, like it's like it's, it's, it, it will stir shit up. So if we have the capacity to sit down peacefully with each other, you know, sometimes we have to say difficult things to each other. We have to be really honest, but that can lead to healing. You know, you take the darkness and you bring it to the light so that you can look at it. 
so you can get underneath what's really going on. And so there's ways to consciously communicate to, they call it nonviolent communication and there's different ways to do it. Maybe I'll do a whole episode on that because it can be very powerful because something magical happens when another person finally feels like they've been seen, that they've been heard, that their voice matters, that they matter. Like talk about, you know, in A Course in Miracles, there's a beautiful line that says, there's no holier place on earth or the holiest place on earth is where an ancient hatred turns into a present love, a present day love. And so the next time you find yourself, right? And if you haven't already, you can um, go back and listen to um, a previous episode that I called, um, How Old Are You? Because this kind of feeds into that. This is like a sister, a sister little um, tool to put in your spiritual toolkit. And like I said, if you love this stuff, you can. This is the stuff we dive, um, we dive into um, in my spiritual membership, the Nest. And um, I'll actually be opening the doors up to the public. Um, I only open it like twice a year, so I'm going to be opening it up to the public in January, like mid-January. So just let me know if you're interested in that. But these are the kinds of things that I talk about because as a spiritual mentor, this is what I do. I talk for a living and I talk to people for a living and I talk to people about, you know, I always say this, this being human is a fucking ongoing problem. It's not like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, nothing bothers me anymore. I got it all figured out. Right. I always say, unless you were the enlightened Buddha or Jesus Christ himself, <laughs> you, most of us need some support and we need some help. Like most of us are going to find ourselves like bumping up against the consequences of being ourselves. You know what I mean? So we always want to stop, right? When we, when we find ourselves bitching and moaning or upset or whatever, we got to stop and ask ourselves, what is this really about? We got to be willing to go more deep. I call it vertical living versus horizontal living, right? You got to go deep, vertical. The alignment, right? You see me doing this. If you watch this, you can see me doing this thing that I always do with my arms. You know, the assignment is alignment, but the assignment is also awareness and it's self-awareness. And then it's also like, I talk about one of the, the greatest things that my suffering has given me in this lifetime is the ability to be more sensitive to other people's suffering. So when, when there's some like a speed bump in your relationship, what, whatever form the relationship has taken, um, if you can stop and ask yourself, what's this about? And if you're willing to both listen, to, to, to receive, right? To hear what other, somebody else might have to say about themselves or you, and you're also able to communicate. It's like, that's how relationships can actually get stronger. Um, they can deepen. And like, you know, when they say like, um, you know, like scar tissue is so much tougher, right? It's so much more like, cause it's kind of like um, it's been cut and then reformed even stronger. So it's like, you know, things can happen, you know, it's okay, but it's like, um, can we communicate these things peacefully? Can we not take things so personally? Can we, can we try to communicate without, and if you haven't listened to that episode too, I always talk about it, right? Try to move through the world with nothing to attack, defend, or prove. Really our desire, what, what most people, I'm not gonna say everybody because there's always exceptions, but what most people really want is intimacy. They want that closeness to be able to share themselves you know, deeply with you and then your, your ability to reciprocate. And if you're in a relationship where both people are willing to do that, like miracles can happen, man. We can choose love over fear more and more and more and more. Because remember, we were born as love by love. One, you know, you have but two emotions. One you made, 
the ego, the fear. One was given you. You came through. You came through as a child of God. You came through fully, holy, intact, lacking nothing. You know, no, no, nothing outside of yourself. Like you didn't need shit. You knew who you were. You knew your value. You knew your worthiness. You came through with your worthiness intact. So I say nowadays, when I say, you know, it's not about the past, Susan. <laughs> it's like, so often we're getting our feathers ruffled because we think some sort of commentary or the, it's always, look, it's this, it's always the meaning that we've assigned to whatever we think. You know, we have a temptation to see ourselves in A Course of Miracles. I say this all the time. There's a great line that says, beware the temptation to perceive yourself as unfairly treated. <laughs> Ooh, I got to beware that temptation, right? Like we all do, like we all do. I'll be like, ooh, but here's a good thing. I catch myself now. I catch myself now. If I, if I feel like what, the other day I was like, sweetie, meh, meh. And then I started laughing. He's like, what? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so whiny, right? Like I can hear it in my own head. Like I'm being so whiny right now, but it makes me laugh. And then I snap out of it, you know? But it's because I know myself and I catch myself because I pay close fucking attention. I pay close attention, first of all, because I'm that kid, you know, I'm a writer. As writers, we naturally, you know, as, as Tim O'Brien says, writers tend to be the kind of people that like to enter into the mystery of things. So I love to pay attention. I, I, I'm so fascinated by, by people and, and why we do what we do and why we say what we say and why we choose what we choose, you know, and Henry James, the, the, the great writer also says, try to be the kind of person upon whom nothing is lost. And so having self-knowledge and having the ability to deeply listen to those around you in your world, in your life, in your community, in your household, whatever, in your relationships, it allows you to see, oh, they're not really upset about this. It's actually probably this but I don't want to assume. So I'm going to ask them like, what's really going on? What's this really about? And if you can ask yourself that, you're going to save yourself a lot of fucking turmoil, a lot of tumult, a lot of uh, stress and strife and shit. Like who needs more of that nowadays, right? So remember, and it makes you laugh. Like, it makes me laugh every time. Whenever I start to feel myself getting my panties in a bunch, or if I start to get upset about something, um, I just stop and I say, you know, it's not about the pasta. <laughs> it's not about the coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I'm like, what's this really about? How old are you right now? And what's this about? And then I can get, once I get honest with myself, I'm able to communicate right? My desires, my needs, my disappointment, whatever it is in a way where I get to figure out what, what part am I responsible for? I always say, uh, nobody can take your peace of mind from you. Nobody can take your peace from you or your happiness from you, but you can give it away. So if I find myself upset for any reason, I first ask myself, am I giving this away? Like, is, am I trying to put this on somebody else? What, what part of this is mine to own? What part of it might be theirs? And how can I talk about this in a way where I recognize what it's truly about so I can get to the heartbeat of the thing, so I can get right to the core of the thing, because that's the only way it's going to get healed. It's the only way it's going to like, through divine alchemy, find its way into the light where it can be healed. So that's what I got for you today, you guys. I hope somehow it has been helpful or at the very least entertaining. <laughs> I love you guys. And I always love to hear from you. So, you know, if you, um, if you want to, 
Um, if you if you ever uh, want to tell me what your favorite takeaway was, I always love hearing from you guys. So it gets to be a little bit more of a two way conversation. So hit me up, send me you can send me an email, you can DM me, you can tag me in a post somewhere, whatever it is. I'm always happy to hear from you guys. But just thank you so much for listening, man. Look, I understand nowadays, especially with everything that's been going on. We are probably on our electronic devices more than ever. So the fact that you're taking time out of your very busy life to spend a little time with me means the world to me. Like I always say, like, and I don't say this to be um, dramatic or whatever, but like, I'm not always going to be here, right? Like someday, you know, the last exhale will be upon me and I'll be dead and gone. Uh, and it will just have been like such a pleasure to know that we got to spend some time together while I was here in this body. Uh, I love you guys and I appreciate you so much. And remember, the nest is opening up again, my spiritual membership sometime in January. If that interests you, just again, send me a DM, a private message. You can reach out at Karen at Karen Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y.com. And uh, I can put you on the waiting list and whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Like, that's the thing. I, I'm pretty easy. I just roll with it. So I love you guys. I celebrate you. I appreciate you. Wherever you go, leave the place, the people, the animals, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>